there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the baby. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name I'm is Salty. Luke. I'm Cam. Luke, are you still uh, are you still playing a video game? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm about you to are a little I'm distracted not, there. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll um, Luke, oh no, the, overtaking the camp. Got to get my flamethrower out. <laughs> You're not too far from it, Cam. Have you paused it, or are you just going to let things play out? I've I've died, and I've turned off the television, so okay. I can't see it. How's your uh, general mental sense and desire to want to keep playing that video game? Is it all right? As yeah. of right now? Has it messed with your brain or like reduced your senses like- at all? Okay. No way. Just checking. Sometimes, sometimes video no games can do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get where I'm going now. I'm segueing into the episode. I get it. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a. Sorry, I was looking at the a little first bit of topic. a sizzle. Sorry, what what is what do you mean by that, salty? <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get to that. So yeah. this is a podcast about conspiracies. Uh, we're going to do something completely non-virus related today. Uh, until we get to the news at the end, in which case it will be all virus related. Uh, but I thought uh, something to take your mind off the virus, and then I remembered. Oh wait, we are going to talk about the virus. Um, we've got a little theme for this show. It's jocks versus nerds. I like so, it. <laughs> to be fair, the jock part you've chosen like the nerdiest. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about a little baseball conspiracy, and then we're going to talk about a little uh, video game conspiracy. Uh, should we talk about the baseball one first, though? Because I feel yeah, like the baseball one is more straightforward. But I will just say about the um. About the video games, what Salty was just saying, like, uh, do you feel like it's taking over your brain? There's that, like, you know, there's that thing where people say when you, like, play heaps of Tetris, you start playing Tetris in your dreams. Yeah. I've been playing heaps of um, Scrabble on the iPhone. Yeah. And I've started, as I'm falling asleep, I'm, like, coming up with different words. (laughs) Which is stupid, though, because it's, like, they're just the letters that have come into my head. Yeah. I'm like, I could, I could make this word. It's like, I could make any word, you stupid brain. I was getting a bit like that with Candy Crush as well. 
Yeah, Candy Crush will bloody that will every time you close your eyes. Yeah, you're just see things going. Little yeah. colours. It's crazy. Anyway, also, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, it's just speaking of my Candy Crush campaign, because we've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times. I um, got a new mm. phone, and on my old phone is what I was playing Candy Crush on, and I had I never actually signed in to like oh account. Oh, no. So I was just you're on like as, level nine hundred. I was no, I was on level like fifteen hundred and something, and I'm like, oh, if I put it on my new phone. I'm going to have to start from one. So then I was like to- to- tossing up the idea of do I load load my old phone back up, log into Candy Crush, sign in to save my score and then put it on my new phone. And then I was like, you know what? Just just walk away. Clean break. Mm. Yep. No more Candy Crush. We're living in a new- oh, No more Candy Crush at all. Nah. Done with it. You broke the cycle. Yep. What are you going to feel use to fill that void? Uh, what did I Just put on? Anonymous sex and drugs. <laughs> yeah, basically. Mm. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, I can't do that now either. Um, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I don't know. I'll find something. So, uh, baseball. Yeah. The the gentleman's sport. The king's sport. <laughs> no, I don't think, don't think no, either of those are right, are they? Yeah, no, no. The, the famously uh, interesting Whatever. sport. Nope. No? Mm, nope. The exciting, the exciting sport. Want- Is it the sport that was so exciting they had to like do something to the balls to make people make bigger hits? So we're talking <laughs> yes. we're talking about ball juicing. America's pastime. So that's what this it is. is this is the yeah. ball juicing conspiracy. Uh which is the theory that the major league baseball organization henceforth to be referred to as the Major League Baseball Association. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we'll call it MLB if we have to, if we ever mention it again, uh, have been mm-hmm. m- mucking around with the baseballs to make the game more exciting. MLB, the MLB people, they say, no, we have not. Right. But everyone else says, no, you obviously have. We checked it out. Yeah. Called the juiced ball theory. I don't know if you said that. Did you say that? Uh, we call, we were calling it ball juicing, making mm-hmm. it sound a little salacious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything to make it more interesting. It is a little bit interesting, though. I got completely pilled by it. Well, I mean, basically, it's a combination from what I see is the balls are changing or have changed. No, to be- the MLB says they haven't changed. But they also, because they, they kind of have said that, though, right? They've said like um, the the what do they say? Oh. I guess across the Sorry, decades that baseball's been a thing, it would have changed somewhat. Yeah, as technology been- changed, and so I guess let's lay out the, what the the theory is. There, right? So baseball is a famously boring sport. Yeah, and so there have there've been a, a few times in baseball's history, though, when it's become slightly more interesting. I think there's a, some of our American listeners. I think are massively into baseball, so I hope you're appreciating. Some of our Australian listeners are too. So uh, I hope you're appreciating this. <laughs> so we, I, I'll I apologise for trashing baseball. <laughs> yeah, I I hope you appreciate that we've taken an interest, but that appreciation is completely undermined by the fact that we're talking entirely about how boring baseball is. <laughs> so when baseball was invented, like for the first 
bit of baseball. It was super boring. I think at the same time, it was super interesting because, you know, when baseball starts, it's like just ordinary dudes playing it, right? Yeah. Mm. Just like no one was- They weren't Ordina- Well, ordinary white dudes. Yeah. But like they're just they were just smoking cigarettes out there on on the bases and things and yeah. you know I think that made it more interesting, but it didn't really translate into big hits or big scores. Yeah. Mm. So th- dingers, as they call them in the biz, <coughs> big dingers. Yeah, that's what they call them. You're hitting dingers. So the interestingness of having a bunch of like <laughs> uh, unhealthy dudes playing professional sport was undermined by the fact that they weren't very good at it. Yeah. As, had- as opposed to the Australian 80s cricket team, who were, like, all just fat blokes who drank heaps of beer, who went out and entertained, like, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Well, because- uh, Maybe because cricket's, like, a more up-close-and-personal game. Yeah. And they were getting up-close-and-personal, and like, in the sledging and stuff. Yeah. Like, that sort of- The theatre of it made it more interesting. Mm. But everyone's, like, too spread out on a baseball field, except for, like, the, the hitter and the the- Pit stop, the the backstop, whatever that is called. Short stop. The short stop. You know, the guy going bada 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 bada. Yeah. Slips. Yeah. So then Babe Ruth comes along and I think that uh, and starts hitting home runs. Yeah. And I think that's just because he worked out, oh, you know, if you hit the ball quite hard, you can hit it quite far. <laughs> if you put fifty percent more effort <laughs> into this. <laughs> yeah. And so suddenly baseball had like this renaissance. With Babe Ruth, where they're like, oh, you know, what if we try it? It becomes more interesting. And so, it went through this whole period of there being a lot of hits. Yeah. And then it sort of died down a bit because everyone forgot how to hit the ball. Then in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, they had this huge period of uh, big hits and, like, a massive spike in how many home runs were being hit. And there was guys like Mark Sousa. Is that his name? Yeah. And who were some of the other his the other contemporaries? Jose Canseco. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there were some other big home run guys in like the late nineties, early two thousands, right? All I know about Jose Canseco yeah. is that in the Ninja Turtles movie of the night of nineteen ninety or whenever it came out, Casey Jones pulls out a baseball bat and Raphael says, "A Jose Canseco bat." I hope you didn't pay too much money for that or something like that. Ooh. And then, um, I hope you didn't pay for that or something like that. And then Casey Jones smashes him and goes, two for one sale, pal. Mm. <laughs> Owned. Was that the era of your Mark Maguire and your Barry Bonds? Yeah, Mark Maguire was a, was one of them. I don't well, think that- it's, I don't know if it's Mark Sousa. It was a, but there is a baseball player called Sousa. Yeah, he was involved. Steven Sousa. Sa- Sammy Sousa. Oh, yeah. Barry Bond and that were more contemporary players, right? Yeah, the, the like the more contemporary than your Babe Ruths. Oh yeah, yeah. So these guys were in the second, the the nineties to early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. When they started so, just roiding up. Well, this is the, this is the thing that we're getting to. So in that late nineties, early two thousands, there's a, this huge spike in how many home runs are being hit, mm. and the game becomes a lot more interesting as a result because they're it's a baseball's a very low scoring game, and when there's a high scores, you know, it's exciting to watch. And that's when the, the ball juicing theory first starts up. And the theory is that uh, they've done something to the ball. The MLB people have changed the way that they make the balls. They've 
put like a different core in them maybe because I think the core of a baseball is like cork and rubber. Yeah. And maybe they've changed like the consistency or like, you know, the the split between cork and rubber to make the balls bouncier so they hit further and harder. Mm. And then uh, it turns out, oh, no, it wasn't the balls being juiced. It was just all the players. Yeah. They're all just massively rotting up. And it turns out that, you know, being way stronger than normal <laughs> means that you can hit the ball harder. Yeah. So, the ball juicing theory sort of went away until, like, the last couple of years, the number of home runs and, like, big hits has been going up again. It's, like, really spiked up high. And so, this ball juicing theory has come back again, even though I feel like maybe we should be checking whether there's not some new steroid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the use of steroids and, like, human growth hormones and stuff is you're allowed to do that in baseball, right? No. 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 Isn't it a thing? I'm no. sure it was a thing where they were like- okay. It was a thing in the late 90s. Yeah. No, not a thing that they were doing it, but it was a thing that players were allowed to do that. But there was there's some rule about they're not allowed- Like, if they if they use steroids in the normal game, they're not allowed to play on an Olympic team? No. Not at all. I don't think that's- Hang on, let me just check because that's a really- yeah. Um, that's, I mean, this crazy. is something. This is something I remember like from years and years ago. Nah, and it you say shows- nah now because you know? Are you allowed to do steroids <laughs> in baseball? No, the penalties have gotten worse um, since then, since the two thousands, and yeah, you, you're not. You're not allowed to do it. The little Wikipedia like. Uh, synopsis for doping in baseball does note that even though they started testing in 2003, people didn't stop doing them. Mm. But I think you're not allowed to. Maybe it's one of those things that I read something years ago about how, yeah, basically people do it and no one really seems to care. I think- But it would fuck them if they tried to get into some other, like, league or something like that. Yeah. I think in Major League or MLB, it's definitely not allowed. But in, like, all of the lower leagues, like all the college leagues, mm-hmm. they don't have any money to test it. So, it's just completely rampant still. Right. Mm. But I guess oh, it'd suck, though, to, like, you know, bat your way through the junior college levels all the way up to the top. And then you get into MLB and you're like, well, that's the end of my career. <laughs> I can't <laughs> let anyone look at my blood. Um, so, the conspiracy is... In this recent time, from 2014 to now, home runs have skyrocketed. Yep. There's a more scrutiny on the uh, drug testing, but probably not a lot by the sound of it. Um, but, yeah, everyone's, everyone's smashing dingers. <laughs> They're loving it. Uh, this, this says human growth hormone was banned in 2005. Before, yeah. before that, it wasn't a banned thing. I mean, it wasn't really used back then in, anyway. Like. It was, you know, that would have been a reaction to people working out how to use it and using it. And smashing dingers. Yeah, hitting dingers. Yeah. So, yeah, the dinger smashage is up. Uh, but, yeah, they don't, they reckon they've got a handle on it. But aren't they always coming up with new steroids and, like, coming up with ways to get around it? Yeah, I was reading up about it and there's been no real noticeable change in bulk. So, like, Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds, I think at the time, just suddenly got massive. Yeah. Whereas players now are hitting these dingers and they're not they're not obscenely huge. Mm. Um, 
So I, I yeah, and I think you know there probably is like off season. So I think part of training um, in the off season, people will use human growth hormone and things, and then by the time the season starts, they'll you know they'll use it to help their training basically. Um, I'm not saying everyone athlete does that, but that's kind of the the accepted uh, rumor around how drugs are used in professional sports now. Mm. So yeah, the conspiracy theory is that MLB because the other thing before this um, huge spike in dingers, attendance was dropping. I think it, like it was at some of its maybe at a an historic low, uh, and especially young people didn't give a shit because it was so boring. Uh, but when the dingers started, people started coming back to the games, eating their overpriced hot dogs, getting popcorns, yelling out "bada bada bada," that sort of thing. Yeah. So it it has had the effect that the the conspiracy theory is that the MLB fucked with the balls to get attendance up. Attendance has gone up. So yeah, so the, con- the, the people who think this is true are like, well, see, the changes in the balls are um, like the seam is is lower. Mm. Um, so less drag and yep. the the core is um, different material. And I think it might be even harder as well. They're wound tighter, apparently. Yeah. Um, well, when your balls are wound tighter, they're going to bounce differently. That's yeah. 100% true. And I read this story in The Ringer about it, um, which is a, a sports website. And they kind of broke down, like they broke it down to some really nerdy um, stats and facts around like bat speed and trajectory and all these things. And they did uh, x-rays as well. Yeah. So, so can I actually, just before you talk about the, what the ringer did, can I just tell you about the super unscientific version of this that I saw? Mm. So I, I was looking on YouTube and I found this guy who, because uh, the ringer got like, they bought balls off eBay from like before this, all these home runs started and afterwards because people collect these balls from the games. Mm. And uh, they did, like, these scientific x-ray tests. But then I saw on YouTube, I probably the guy that sold them the balls, uh, he did a test where, but first he went into his, like, ballroom and he just had barrels and barrels of baseballs from, like, every, all of these baseball games, like, thousands and thousands of baseballs just in barrels. It was, like, really weird. Mm. <laughs> and then he his test was he took them out to a swimming pool and he, he took one old ball and one new ball and threw them both in the pool at the same time to see which one would sink first. And his theory was that the uh, the juiced ball should uh, sink faster. If it, like the idea is that the juiced ball is going to be denser inside, so it'll it'll sink a bit quicker because there's like I guess there's less um, like space in between the stuff for the water to seep into. Mm. Uh, but then when he tried it, it like, had the opposite effect of what he had hypothesized. And so he didn't have a conclusion in the end. Right. Okay. <laughs> but also I, th- I saw them like, t- I saw people testing balls where they'd, like, they'd bounce the balls. They'd see how bouncy the old ball was versus the new ball. Mm. But it's like, isn't a ball from 20 years ago probably going to be less bouncy than a ball from one year ago? If they're still brand new. And I think there was a, there was a, a well, they've been through in- a baseball game. There's a point in one of the seasons where, like, start of the season, maybe 2015, when the start of the season, uh, pretty dinger-free zone, and then as the, the theory is, the new batch of balls started to come in halfway through the season, which is about how it works, um, suddenly they were, they were it was bloody dinger city. Yeah. So what did the what did the ringer look at? I mean, they looked at everything. They um, 
They looked at humidity in like, um, you know, in warmer climates. Um, so they looked at, oh, what else, air-resistant drag. Um, they calculated how many more feet, you know, a certain type of ball would go if you hit it, you know, on average. So like eight more feet a game. And, and I think one of the theories with this, the change in balls is the people hitting home runs are still going to keep hitting home runs, but it's the people that aren't quite hitting home runs that are then suddenly going to start hitting home runs. Mm. Um, so, and I think there's sort of famous times when people have kind of miscued and not quite hit it and it's still gone over and people are like, well, that doesn't seem like that's how it should work. Um, the the real, I think, um, and I don't, yeah, look up the Ringer article because it gets really like numbery. Um, I, I kind of lose interest at that point. But the the one part was the other, the minor leagues used different balls. Mm. And home run rates in the minor leagues hadn't hadn't changed. Um, and then, then. <laughs> the, the AAA league started using the major league balls and then suddenly home rates skyrocketed. <laughs> um, and everybody's just like, like that. that's the real indication that, yeah, the balls are different. Well, then you, yeah, sorry, they're more easy to hit home runs. Um, and everyone's just like, once you, when we first started playing with these balls, it was just like, oh, this is, this is a whole different thing. Like so much easier to hit, but people say the the actual impact on the pitches of those balls. Um, so your best pitch, this is a, I can't remember who said this, but your best pitch is better with a big league ball and your worst is way worse. If that makes sense. So it was also impacting the, the pitches as well. If you throw a bad pitch, you're going to get dinged out of the park. Yeah, um, but yeah, that that was the the AAA change. I can't remember what year that was. Maybe twenty sixteen or something. It was like, oh, okay, these are completely different sorts of balls. So I, I don't. I think the thing is though that they're not completely different. Like the balls are very slightly different. Yeah, and so the the conspiracy theory is that the MLB has knowingly done this to you know increase attendance. I think that they've just slightly changed like the. Because one of the changes is, like, the stitching is, like, a tiny micron lower. 0.048 to 0.031 was one study I saw, and that would change it um, by 20 feet. 0.038 centimetres, millimetres? 0.031 inches, sorry. Right. But, like, a tiny, that's a tiny amount different. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess everything in a baseball is pretty big. Yeah, I saw that. I think it might have been a similar or the same thing. I saw it was like um, all these changes reduced the ball weight by 0.5 of a gram or something. But it was like, <clears throat> depending on what they changed to make the weight different, depended hugely on how much further it went. Like if they changed the density of some rubber, it only added the, the 0.5 of a gram, only added three feet. But if they changed something else that took the weight down by the same amount, it was like eight feet. Mm. So it's like the weight's sort of a little bit different, but it depends how they made it different as to what the reaction from the ball is. Uh, the other thing I saw the guy from The Ringer saying on an interview, though, is that, uh, and I, it's, this seems like so stupid that this could be it, but it was that like in the late 2010s, we didn't know everything we knew about, we could know about baseball, but it seemed like, Maybe they just worked out how to hit things a little harder. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. People like, you know, sports as a whole are improving. Like skills are improving. Um, science behind how to, to do the basic skills is improving. 
and they're like, oh, yeah, we just worked out. People worked out how to hit better. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like you know, the it, sweet uh, spot on the tennis racket. Yeah. Like, they didn't know about that in the olden days. Well, the, I, I guess I was likening it to, um, in basketball, three-point shooting has just gone crazy. It's, you know, the, the numbers on three-point shooting um, are just insane compared to a couple of years ago. Um, but no one's questioning the balls because everyone's just doing it more. Everyone's trying it more. Everyone's practicing it more. Um, so it, it, naturally, people are going to get better at it. Yeah, that was the other thing you said as well, is that it, and I don't know if this is related to... Because I think they've they changed up some rules and things as well. They changed, they've sort of changed some of the ways that the sport works in general, but it, that doesn't seem to factor into the conspiracy theory. But, like, people are swinging for shots that they wouldn't ordinarily swing for. Mm. And pitchers are also, like, pitching, I think, a lot faster. Maybe because they've got better helmets now, they don't have to worry about braining anyone. Mm. But... So one of the things I read, and I don't know the actual ranges, but the the baseball uh, MLB has a they have a spec for their ball, so it needs to be you know within the size, within you know point zero one millimeter or whatever of of a certain range, size, weight, all those sort of things. Uh, this article that I read called those ranges laughably large, leaving a lot of leeway for legal variation with major effects on the field. <laughs> And what I don't get is if the Major League Baseball are doing it, they can just say they're doing it. They're Major League Baseball. Hey, we've changed the balls for more home runs. That's what the fans want. Yeah. I feel like that um, that article is taking a lot of leeway with the uh, word laughable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, like this because this happens in other sports. Like, I don't know, rugby sometimes. They'll, they'll have a brand new ball for the, the World Cup. You know, it'll be sponsored by Adidas and all have some new technology and it'll change how kickers kick and it will change so many different things, but they, it's an open process and everyone's like, Oh yeah, you know, this is good. This is bad. This is a thing. Yeah. Same as like cricket bats and stuff, right? Well, it's got a scoop. We've got scoops now, double scoops. Yeah. But, and I don't know, I don't know much about cricket balls, how that is actually, um, you know, but they do, you know, some countries will use different, like, different brands of balls and yeah they will change how you know how they work basically mm. but you know the mlb they now own the company that makes the balls <laughs> they bought that in 2013 i think which so just before this happened yeah yeah just before this happened. <laughs> but like i don't know i feel like they could just say and I, it would piss off all the people that are like hey you can't tamper with the game but like if they're doing it to get more people watching and it works um, yeah. Just hey, we made the sport better for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, why are they denying it? I think the objection is just that because you know people. Are, I guess people are making hitting records or whatever, mm. and the idea is that it's not fair to like compare those records with the records from people in the past. But it's like, all right, everyone in the past had the advantage of that. There was no one checking whether they were you know full to the gills of performance enhancing drugs. But also that, that same argument could be made about any part of sport. It could be made about the shoes that they're wearing, the training they do, the fact that, you know, they're full-time professionals with, you know, their own nutritionist, their own weight person. Their, like, Babe Ruth didn't have any of those things. So yeah. you, can't, you can't compare era to era because it's completely different. It's a different thing. There's technology's moved on. Just go with the flow. It's like it would be 
it would be insane to compare like the NRL high scores of yesteryear to the amazing scores they're going to get when they're all sequestered on an island together. NRL Island is amazing. Um, I hope it happens. It's very confusing to me. Um, Salty across this. Uh, not really. I saw something about it. They want to did, move did, all the NRL teams to an island and each team is going to live on their own boat. Did Landis actually suggest this or is, was this like an offhand comment that it's gotten out of control? Um, NRL, this is NRL, a, for, for NRL people that don't know. open to island proposal. <laughs> But no, sorry. Are they open to the proposal, or did they make the proposal? Don't know. It, it was being talked about. They're, they're in discussion. Um, Should we do an episode about how the head of the NRL can't pronounce rugby? Is there the chairman? Yeah, it is rugby. Rugby league. Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that broke my brain for a good period. That one. Um, I while researching this, I came across. Um, a change in baseballs in 1919, which involves Australia. Oh. Uh, in 1919, the price of American wool inflated by World War One caused shortages. Um, so the company that, that was making them began importing Australian wool to use as its yarn. Australian wool, which mm. came from merino sheep, was springier than the American kind, which made the new balls bouncier. Right. Um as the season went on, the ball replaced the oldest ones, the new ones came on, and then the percentage went up in uh, home runs. And when did Babe Ruth come along? Oh, I don't know. The 1929 World Series or some shit like that? Sure. Mm, interesting. 1914 through 1935, so he was part of that. Yeah, he massively benefited from our Aussie sheeps. But yeah, he's basically Australian. Um, but you know that that goes to show, like yeah, things change, materials change, manufacturing protests, processes change. So there will be variations. Maybe the baseball league is is pushing them in one direction. Seems to be they are. But if they're getting paid, so Babe Ruth, yeah. Babe Ruth was born in like eighteen ninety five, and played from nineteen fourteen to nineteen thirty five. So he started playing, what, when he was 19. I've not seen one photo of him playing where he doesn't look at least 50. <laughs> I mean, he's playing through World War One. There's a lot of worries. I suppose pe- people were a bit more haggard and worried back then. Yeah, he's not, he's not doing a bloody juice cleanse and a yeah. you know, facial scrub. He's just smashing ciggies all day. He's just out there to hit dingers. And he's worried about it. Yeah. So, Robert, did you also come across another baseball conspiracy? Uh, yeah, there was a ba- uh, an actual. This was an actual conspiracy, right? Yeah. Um, so this year, um, or recently, it came out that the Houston Astros had been um, basically having a. They had a, a screen in the dugout, and then they de- they were decoding the other team's signals, and then they were whacking a, a trash can with a baseball bat to signal to the batter what pitch was coming. So if you watch footage of it, you can hear like every time, you know, a fastball or a curveball or whatever, it's about to be thrown. You hear this boom, boom on a trash can. Um, and cause it's, you know, it's a noisy stadium. It doesn't stand out that much, but I think people started sort of twigging to it and people started questioning it and people like pitchers were noticing it in quieter games, I'd be like, why? You know, every time I go to throw this 
particular ball, I hear this noise. And it always aligns with that ball kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, they got, they've been doing it for years. Um, there's footage out there of it. Um, there's accusations which haven't been proven, but I think are pretty, um, pretty widely accepted that they had people in the stands whistling. Um, so two short, sharp whistles would be a, um, you know, a particular kind of thing. One long one would be another one. Uh, and then there's accusations that they had little electronic buzzers and bandages that buzzed rather than the noise once, you know, people started twigging and questioning these noises. Um, but there, they've been done. They've been fined. Every other team hates them now. The whole league hates them. Um, they want to. They want a championship while this was happening, and um, but they're saying there's no evidence of that influence in the championship. So, yeah, it's a huge, huge thing. It reminds me of the nerdy version of that, which was do you remember on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I think it was in the UK. They had a scandal because uh, someone was in the audience was collaborating with the uh, the million potential millionaire by coughing yeah like, I remember that. which answer to do mm. it's like you can't you can't do a noise thing people will hear it yeah if someone's like constantly coughing throughout like the production of a tv show that's weird i guess it's probably gonna get asked to whistle leave, right yeah <coughs> <I guess it's- coughs> you can get out of the audience please <laughs> yeah. I guess, especially these days uh, i guess it's easier to whistle at a sports game though yeah yeah, but and like a noisy. It, it's still a little weird, and it's weird to bang a trash can. Like to well, constantly like, be doing it would be weird. Yeah, it just but it just sounds like someone's. You know, when you're hearing all the crowd noise, if you don't know what it is, it just sounds like crowd noise. Mm. Um, well, yeah. who was that? The Houston Astro- Astros, Houston, yeah. Houston Astros. You know what I said to the Houston Astros? I can smarten up. Can I? Like, you can cut this, but oh, I'm um, leaving it in. I just want to go back to the start of that thing, Robbo. Was that because people were watching the signals the catcher was giving? Yeah, so they'd be watching the signals um, on TV. Yeah. And then... Telling someone. Yeah, and then that person would yeah, make right. the noise. But uh, th- that, is- that obviously cracked the code of what the signals were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Which I, was I, get- st- I was still looking at photos of Babe Ruth. <laughs> and I got distracted. Well, that's uh, that's ball juicing. Mm. Shall we move on to something a little more digital, bit more uh, nerdy? <laughs> Not much nerdier than baseball stats. Yeah, but yes, this is this is probably one of those things. All right, let's play the the wave noise. Do you think that's a wave noise? Well, whatever the noise, it sounds a bit like a wave. It's a plane. To plane, yeah, but when it's spreading it, chemtrails, I don't know when the last time you listened to the podcast was, but it's been all like reversed and jacked up now. Yeah, it sounds like a wave. It sounds like the ocean, you know, calmly caressing the beach. We're back. 
Let's talk about something uh, nerdier. That was the jock segment before. Here's the nerd segment. Even though that segment was nerdy, <laughs> and this segment's cool, uh, we're going to be talking about the video game Polybius, the arcade game. Why would we talk about the video game Polybius? Salty, maybe you could uh, feel that one. Yeah, so this is something that's been around for ages. It's one of those, like, this is this is like pretty much started the internet old, right? No? Yeah, I yeah. think like from like 1998 is when this first appeared on the internet. Well, the, the hour-long documentary I watched tracked it back to 2000. But there's a bit of there's conspiracy in that as well. So, basically, Polybius was uh, an arcade video game, like an old cabinet-style video game that was apparently arrived in some sort of backwater Midwest US arcades for a very, very short period of time. I think and it was then, in Port- Portland, Oregon. In Oregon, yeah. Um, and then well, I'm, I'm just, backwater was a word that they used in this documentary, so I just thought I'd use it. Okay. Um, they It arrived and it vanished very quickly with little evidence that it was ever there. But what people say about the game having been there was that when people played it, it basically fucked with their heads. Um, it made sort of kids lose all their senses and become sort of apathetic towards video games. But at the same time, it was supposedly incredibly addictive. Yeah. I think so- that was that was the point. It, got, it kind of got them into like this trance of playing it and playing it. But at the same time, it was deadening all their senses and their emotions and stuff. Mm. So, there were reports, there weren't reports, decades later there were reports Yeah, that uh, there were people lined up around the block to play the game, but also that, you know, it was turning them into sort of zombies. And the other thing that uh, was weird about this game was that uh, it seemed to go under a lot more maintenance than the other video games. And it wasn't like the, you know, the guy in his arcade overalls coming around to tweak the wires it was like these guys in suits showing up right yeah my bees mucking around with it and then they would they would disappear and then after like a very short while the game itself just disappeared yeah there's been like it's one of those internet things where people pop up every now and again saying that they've found the rom boards for it and heaps of people have posted screenshots that are supposedly from it but there's there's one screenshot which just goes back to the start of the whole story back to like the early 2000s, late 90s, which is just a black screenshot with the logo, the name of the company that made it, which slips my mind. It's a German word. It was a fake German word. Um, and zero credits. Uh, Sinnerschlossen. Sinnerschlossen, yeah. So, it's two German words that mean- um, Sensory deprivation. Yeah, removing of senses, but it's it's not grammatically correct. So, I was diving into the comments of that video that kept on raising the fact that it wasn't yeah. grammatically correct. Um, and some people allegedly from Germany weighed in. They're like, nah, that'd be, right. that'd be fine. That's what you, that's how you'd Maybe say it's like casually that. correct, so, but not grammatically correct. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot about it now. Um, I just watched one doco. But this doco was like really, really like long and th- his investigation was very, very thorough. 
<laughs> and like- Was it baseball thorough? Baseball, yeah, it was baseball stat nerd thorough. So, he like found the first, he went on the Wayback Machine and found all this as far back as he could, all the mentions of it. Then he went and found like the world's biggest Usenet archive and trawled through that for everything. And it turns out that on, it it goes back to one page, um, which I think was on the website coinop.org. Yeah. Um, so that it, it turned up on that page and it says, if you go to, I think if you go to that page and look at it, it says originally added 1998, but he dug in the Wayback Machine and found pages earlier than that in like 2000 that said new edition Polybius added blah, 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 blah. But then they changed that later to put a notice saying that it was added in 1998. Oh, they backdated it. So, they backdated it, I think, to make it seem more legit. Oh, because, yeah, I guess by the early 2000s, people were wise to, you know, internet pranksters. Yeah. But, like, in the late 90s, we were all still telling the truth on the internet. Yeah. So, I think think the point was that they, they... Added it in 2000, but then after a little while, went back and backdated it to say, oh, no, this was actually added in 98. That's weird, though, because people did lie on the internet. I don't know. ASL, anyone? What? People lied on the internet in the late 90s still. 14 female Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know if if making something 1998 makes it sound more legitimate than saying it was from the year 2000. That's just me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because that was like- but, I mean, that's clearly what they've done. <laughs> that was, I think, also, that's just outside the range of the Wayback Machine, too. So, it makes it harder to uh, prove that it wasn't put there then, kind of thing. Uh, but this guy, yeah, he, like, then he found digital copies of, like, all these um, video game magazines going back to the 80s that have been archived somewhere. And he trawled through everything looking for mentions of this game. And there's nothing? And there's nothing. So, he's, he's kind of- He's kind of- Nailed it down to the early 2000s, coinop.org, and a guy called Kurt Collar, um, who apparently- He ran the Coinop. Yeah, he owns that Coinop website. Um, And he he even, like, found all these people that were involved in it through the years and wrote to them and emailed them, and they were like, no, it's totally legit. Like, they they really held to their story about how it wasn't, like, a- Legend kind of thing, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things that's cool. This it's turned up in like The Simpsons and heaps of stuff in popular culture, in backgrounds of things. Um, I I put it in the like the newest Toe Hider album cover. It's sitting in the background. So you were familiar with yeah. this before? We yeah. yeah. Um, there was a podcast in 2017 that was a seven t- uh, seven episode serial style um, yep. unpacking. Because um, there's one guy, um, Bob Feldstein, who claims to have sort of a memory of being um, playing this game, getting disoriented, being taken into a room, and, and tests were done on him or something. Um, this guy does um, tours around Portland that attempt to authenticate his experience um, in the basement, and it goes through the basement of the old arcade. Um, and I think these guys, I didn't listen to the whole the whole podcast, but I think they went and, and kind of tried to verify all the story. And I just jumped ahead to the last one and just listened to a couple of minutes. And they were like walking um, outside, going to a river or something or a creek. 
to verify something and i was like oh man i really should have started this part. i have no idea <laughs> they got to was, this point was the sound production uh, of the it, river good though? it seems like it might be interesting uh look it wasn't npr good but they certainly had done well um but yeah like the first like the first couple of minutes they're driving and there's a narrator and so yeah very very serial style um but like i guess that that shows how people how much people are into it when that's the kind of you know that's what it yeah well, people that through over the last sort of couple of decades have been like making fan versions of the game. So there's a few that you can download that are just like these weird video games that are kind of a bit abstract, but have all this like flashing epilepsy style triggering <laughs> visuals in it. Because um, that was a that was apparently part of it as well. That it was like super f- stroby and and crazy. Mm. So, but I guess the the other weird thing is that even though it does seem like it was made up, yeah, in the early two thousands, people were like, "No, I remember this being a thing." Yeah, and it's not all well. It is all sort of um, a Mandela effecty sort of thing. Uh, in that there are like, there are people who are like adamant that they actually do remember this game being yeah. a thing and like this story being real. And so there's a, there were a bunch of things in the early 80s, especially in that area, that sort of when you mix them together, they it sort of comes out being like this story. But I think that might just be a coincidence. Right. So in like the early 80s, there was a couple of incidents at arcades in Portland where like kids collapsed playing video games. Yeah. But they were all in cases where they were like breaking... 24-hour-plus records and things yeah. like that. Or the, I, I think I, there was one kid that had it. Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I saw a thing where some someone started complaining of stomach cramps and, like, really bad, like, intestinal pain playing a video game, and then it was like, oh, he was actually on a 28-hour asteroids bender trying to beat some high score. It's like, yeah, well, there's your problem, mate. Yeah, and the... the I, I saw with that guy, the, the arcade was like, yeah, we were massaging his hands. <laughs> like, as he, as he played. But there was, there was, like, some kid that um had a seizure from strobing lights. It's like, well, that'll happen if, you, if yeah. you're epileptic. Uh, so, there was, like, three or four sort of incidents in, like, over the course of a year where this stuff happened, where multiple ones of them were involved world records. Because I guess it was the golden age for arcade world records. But there was also a thing where the FBI was hanging around arcades a little bit because they were um, like super dodgy businesses. Right. Uh, I think besides probably like an arca- a video game arcade is like a cash business, so it's already ripe for dodginess. Yeah. But uh, apparently there was like gambling and drugs and things being run out of these video game arcades. Right. Yeah, video arcades and my sort of limited memory of, of the 80s and early 90s, which is so far removed from this time, they were dodgy. It's a dodgy dodgy thing for everyone. There's impressionable youths. There's people trying to make a quick buck from impressionable youths. It's just yeah, a recipe for dodgy. There was trouble with a capital T. That runs with V in that sense of video games. Mm. So there's like... But, um, sorry, go. Uh, so the feds were hanging around to like, keep an eye on stuff but also apparently they would like track people by looking at the high scores on the arcade machines 
but I think they're probably tracking like specific people so they could say, all right, so-and-so has been here since the last time we were here. And so they're keeping tabs on certain criminals. Mm. Uh, but I guess it's sort of a weird look for like the feds to be coming into an arcade and like, I guess for also for, for kids who are all doing weird stranger things shit. Uh, like <laughs> if some guy in a suit comes in and looks at the, the arcade machine and then goes out, it's like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Then they remember that 30 years later and conflate it with all this other stuff. Because there was other rumours and things about, like, some video games were set up specifically by the the FBI and stuff to find out which kids were, like, super geniuses and stuff, right? Yeah. So, there was a movie about that. Recruit them for stuff. Oh, when did The Last Starfighter come out? Late 80s? 1984. Right. Which I would would describe as the uh, early to mid 80s. Yeah. But that's the that's the and plot of that film, not- right? That aliens use the arcade machines to recruit, yeah, the, the pilots, the, the last starfighter, yeah. So I think that um that sort of idea that someone would be recruiting you through video games comes through that. Well, what we know about like MK Ultra and I mean MK Ultra, I don't think we need to say more, but like that the idea of going to arcades and seeing who's really good at video games doesn't seem that crazy when you think of all the other stuff that the, yeah, all the, the other dumb done. shit they've done. And like, we know that, you know, when you look at say hackers, people as in not the movie, the, the actual hackers, people that are really good at that kind of a thing, um, you know, do end up working with the feds and, you know, there are probably, it's probably a good indicator if someone's amazing at bloody Donkey Kong or whatever in the eighties, that they probably got a mind suited to computers and understanding um, patterns and things like Maybe. that. So if I'm the FBI back then, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll go see what this is about while I'm busting bloody Jimmy out the back who's selling drugs. Two for one, there. That's what you call it. <laughs> Unless you're the FBI and you're tracking like that Billy Mitchell guy and then you realize that he was just a massive fraud. But meanwhile, you've given him, like, all of this top-secret access. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all he's doing is using it to hack into, like, video game boards to show high scores. Um, I think that there was some of the early internet mythologizing, like, stuff where the, the name of the video game company comes from were, like, follow-up posts or, like, comments on the original coin-op thing that sort of did connect things to MK Ultra a little bit more... Mm. Uh, Literally, so there was a guy called I think Stephen Roach who commented and said all this stuff that oh you know uh, we didn't know what we were doing but uh you know the government asked us to do this but and we you know we didn't realise what would happen I was so, so sorry about that and then I have seen other people being like well there was a Stephen Roach who was involved in like mind control experiments or like behavioural studies at least right but it's like. With a lot of this stuff too, I think there's a little bit of kayfabe going on in some of the articles about this, where people just want to sort of because it's a fun story, so they sort of want to go along with it. So it's hard to tell what's uh, what's real or not. So I think we can just conclude that it's not real. <laughs> I was just reading yeah. a thing that's, or it's just a guy yeah. with the same name. Yeah, well, the, yeah, that's the other thing. The thing I watched, the guy contacted that guy or someone with that name to try and get info out of him, but I think it was two different people that he's got in touch with um 
I was just reading a thing about saying that the NSA and CIA allegedly tried to recruit World of Warcraft and Second Life people to be snitches. <laughs> really? So, so they were, um, there's a report titled World of Spycraft NSA and CIA spied in online games whether they were making personas in those games to try and find uh, people who might be involved with like criminal things or terrorist things to try and get them to snitch. Well, because I remember that um, there was a thing for a while where apparently ISIS was using things like World of Warcraft and uh, Second Life to communicate. Right. Because there were these like mm. completely unmoderated- well, I mean, they're moderated because you can't swear or whatever, but you could still, like, plot a terrorist thing and it wasn't- no one was paying attention to it. I feel like you're probably just as better off using a, uh, a poker website or, a, you know, a Words with Friends app or game or whatever. Oh, like, I think that maybe that the, was all the, happening as well, Luke. <laughs> yeah, like, it just seems like the, the amount of work to- Download World of Warcraft, create a character, find a spot, level, to it, chat level him up, because you, know, you don't want to go to the spot to chat and then suddenly like an orc pops out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, the buy in for that conversation, like the work to get to that conversation is so much more than many other alternatives. <sighs> Bin Laden, they fit, you know, after they murked Bin Laden, they all, like, I think they released all, all of his files or like the names of all his files. Wasn't he a little bit of a gamer as well? Right. Yeah, there's something in there. But I mean, but I can't it's also what. a lot of work to hide uh, Al-Qaeda propaganda in a Photoshop hack, Luke, but uh, th- that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That is true. That is true. It wasn't a Photoshop hack, it was a Photoshop crack. <laughs> when I looked clear. up Bin Laden video games, oh, I need some... What I need is some really accurate Internet news. I think VT.co seems dodgy. The CIA has published Osama Bin Laden's Steam library. Well, I don't think that that happened. What was he playing? Euro Truck Simulator? Half-Life? Right. No, I don't think that's right. I'm going to go to the ABC, who I can rely on. Uh, the CIA released this information to further enhance public understanding of Al-Qaeda. Is that really accurate that they released all of his files to uh, just to promote Don't understanding know. of Al-Qaeda or did they just want to like get a dig in? Don't know. Probably the latter. <laughs> Mario games, Hollywood flicks and documentaries. Uh, they On his computer, they found uh, a bunch of like, Documentaries about himself, uh, Morgan Spurlock's "Where in the World Is Osama Bin Laden?" See, if you if you're Osama Bin Laden, and you're watching that. Wouldn't you be like, oh, I could help this guy out? <laughs> I, I, it's funny that like it's funny that when people make that documentary or, or watch that documentary, they just have no. You, you wouldn't ever think Osama Bin Laden would sit down and watch it. Yeah, but of course he would. Someone, hey Osama Bin Laden, someone's made a comical documentary about you uh, uh, on his that there were save files for the nintendo ds for the fo- following yeah. games new super mario brothers mario and luigi partners in time metroid prime hunters uh yoshi's island at ds battles of prince of persia that one sort of tracks uh one piece mm-hmm. gear sprint 
And finally, Naruto Saikyu Ninja Daikeshu 3. He's um, playing some uh, JPRGs. I am a fan. I've only ever played one Metroid game um, and I bloody oh, loved it. So, that's problematic. Um, I haven't played any on the DS, but I've just looked it up and yeah, people were it's really well received. By Bin Laden. So uh, if you are looking for a, a game to play on the DS, if you've got an old DS lying around. They also it. found that he had the films Ants with a Z, <laughs> uh, Chicken Little, Cars, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, and Resident Evil. I can't believe he has taken such a clear side in the Ants versus Bug yeah. Life rivalry. I guess it would be weird from Dev both though, right? Yeah, it'd be like having Armageddon and Deep Impact. You just need to watch. <laughs> anyway, that's been Laden. Uh, Dante's Peak or Volcano? Uh, Libius, I think. Dante's Peak Sorry, or Volcano? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think it. That's, that's Polybius. The main thing that that comes was an out interesting of, one, though. Yeah, the main thing that come out of this one is that I really want an arcade cabinet now. Oh, yeah. That'd be sick. You're going to get one? I don't know. Don't people have, are, oh, people don't have made, a lot of room. Like, um, Someone had made, like, a Polybius arcade cabinet, which sort of set the cat amongst the pigeons, mm. uh, like, reasonably recently, and it was up on Craigslist. I think it had been made for, like, a TV show. Right. Uh, that, the, like, never got made. Uh, well, it was, you uh, know, the, but, the Goldbergs? You know, oh, that yeah. show that came out? It was There was on that. There was one in the background of a scene in the Goldbergs. All right. So, maybe it was this one, but uh, it had this, it had the same joke that they had on The Simpsons, which is there's a little plate on the front of it that says property of the US government. Right. <laughs> and that was that was on this real life one that they'd made as well. Right. And so, it's like, I feel like that should have been a little clue for people, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, um, right. I saw a thing the other night where people are buying the, the ROM boards. So, you, there's like an A board and a B board. The A board is what was in the machine. The B board is what plugs into the top of that. And the B board has the game. The A board has is just the the base, but you can buy a little thing now that you plug in. It's, I can't remember what it's called, like a super gun or something. So you buy an A board and a B board, you plug this thing into it and it lets you like HDMI out to a TV and a controller. So you can buy the boards for arcade games and just play them on your telly. Oh, nice. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, actually, I just remember before we wrap up Polybius, I just did remember the other thing uh, that was like part of, Apparently, a super important part of the conspiracy was that uh, the graphics were like too out of this. They were too advanced to not be the US government. It was like an impossible combination of vector and raster right. graphics. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, just on the word Polybius as well, um, it's the name of a Greek yeah. historian born in Arcadia, uh, Megalopolis, Arcadia. Uh, who was known for his assertion that historians should never report what they cannot verify through interviews mm. and witnesses. And I think his name breaks down to Poly, which is many, and BS, I think, is Mines, like many Mines. Yeah, but spelt slightly, yeah. slightly different. Oh, no, no, BIOS. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. That was part of that anyway. whole doco thing. Jocks and nerds. That's jocks yeah. and nerds, folks. If you want to watch a good doco about video arcades and you want to don't want to sit through that hour-long Polybius research fest, just go watch King of Kong. 
Yes. <laughs> so, normally we would uh, say all of our socials now, and then we would go record a news episode, but there's not really that much news. Uh, we did uh, the virus last week, and all of the conspiracies at the moment are still about the virus, and they haven't really advanced um, that much further than what we talked about last week, even though we're apparently in this, like, super fast-paced world where the news is constantly changing. The conspiracy people have gotten very stuck in a rut, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, they have, I, I guess the thing that has changed in the past week is that the 5G uh, paranoia has ramped up. Jesus, has it ever. To the extreme. Um, I guess especially on Facebook. I saw uh, Jason Wilson from The Guardian and friend of the show commented, you know, looking at these graphs of, like, the differences between different Asian countries and different European countries, and people are, like, saying, all right, well, in these countries they'll wear masks and there's, like, this social compact about, uh, you know, discipline and doing what the government says, and in these countries they don't wear masks traditionally uh, and there's maybe less of that uh, social compact or whatever. And so you can look at the differences in the infection rates and then people are also doing sort of facetious ones like these countries drink bubble tea, these ones don't. Uh, Jason suggested that maybe we could look at, you know, what's the dominant social media platform in these countries because you'll probably find that the ones where uh, the infection spikes the most rapidly are going to be Facebook uh, countries, I think, because there's so much. He, that was not the. He didn't say that. I think that was the conclusion, though. Um, there's so much misinformation on Facebook at the moment, and it's really rampant. I've heard from uh, friends in like New Zealand that uh, there's a lot of 5G stuff going around, like the Maori communities, Robbo. Because mm. I guess mm-hmm. uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that specifically, but that that I think makes sense in terms of just New Zealand as a country. We love a little, we love a tall tale. But, uh, I've seen the 5G uh, thing everywhere. There's a video that went a little bit viral uh, this week of, like, a woman hassling guys who I'm not even sure if they are installing 5G. They're, like, doing something with a phone line, like an underground phone line. Is the 5G underground? No. Well, they're they're putting in- They've got a pit. They're installing something. I think maybe they just say 5G. When she asks them what they're doing, maybe they say 5G because it would be too difficult to say, oh, you know, we're- you know, attenuating the, these cables so that uh, the ADSL2 will operate more efficiently. I mean, maybe it is, like, I guess there has to be I a cable so. involved somewhere. But anyway, they're, they're, they're like telecom workers. They've got a pit. And she comes up and she mm. starts haranguing them about them being out because there's, you know, social distancing and you're not supposed to be out if you're not an essential worker. But I would say if they've got a pit in the road mm. and they're fixing up people's internet... It's like, yeah, say we're not essential when your MBN goes down. Yeah. Uh, they're <laughs> probably pretty essential. And I don't know if it's essential to be out bothering people on the street. <laughs> but that, that's how the video starts. Um, She's, like, hassling them about this and, like, they're, they're not far enough apart. It's like, well, we, we've got to- We're in a pit. There's only so much room to move. Mm. But then she's, like, starts asking them if they're putting in the 5G and they're like, yeah, we're, we're doing 5G. And then she explains that uh, you realise that you're killing people by doing that. And at first you think maybe she's talking about the virus still, but she's not. The virus is just an excuse to get people off the streets so they can put in the 5G and then when they flick the switch, everyone's going to die. 
and she's just completely mm. batshit. <laughs> um, according to the BBC.com, 5G um, towers are being satellite in some places in Yeah, so that, that's, the, that's the, I guess, the big escalation is that people are starting lighting these things on fire. <laughs> Fucking idiots. How Which is also not an essential activity. And also, the 5G isn't on yet. Yeah. But also, how do they think it works? <laughs> like, you know, how are these people just kind of living their lives normally one second or somewhat normally, and then it's like, no, this tower is giving you a virus. Well, I'm going to go like that. Like, that's so weird. This is such a big jump and escalation. Aren't they just setting it on fire and therefore making the virus into smoke that's going to go over everyone? They're making it worse. I've seen some people saying, people are a little bit upset on, like, r-conspiracy because they're like, oh, this is the controlled story that they're putting out that uh, we think that 5G is causing the virus. They think the, what they actually think is that the virus isn't real. They're using it to get people off the streets so they can bring out the 5G and then they'll kill us with the 5G. But it's like, even with that story, why wouldn't they just kill us with a virus? If the aim is, if their aim mm. is just to kill people, they could just make a virus rather than investing in the 5G. Uh, yeah, it seems a roundabout way to kill people when you just, can just they could just kill them. Uh, so that's it from us. Thank you very much to our patrons on Patreon, especially our cooked $33 ones of Tammy. I'm going to put something fun up for our patrons in the next few days because um, you haven't been getting news stories. So, yeah, there'll be something fun up there for you. Keep you, keep you occupied. Yeah. In these strange times. Uh, you can find us at twitter.com slash hypothepod. We're on Facebook. We're on Spotify. All those cool places. You can get me at Isle of a Time um, and check out through Isle of a Time the Beer Together YouTube. Um, it's going to be too late for tonight's quiz, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to do a quiz every Sunday night, a little game what time show. Does the quiz style. start? Right. 8.30. Um, so you can play along in the comments. You can laugh at the people. The host of the quiz is a beer person who once won wow. Pointless Australia. Is it a beer quiz or is it a general quiz? Okay. okay. It's right. beer. Beer. Great. Salty? <laughs> <laughs> that, that didn't want to say hard pass, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen you getting into the beer. I have actually. The, the I've actually coffee. really enjoyed some of those videos, the ones that I've seen. I joined in with a little tasting. That beer was really nice. Um, yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, you can get me at Saltmarsh on Instagram and Twitter, Andrew Saltmarsh Illustration. On Facebook, check out uh, Toehider on Patreon. Uh, yeah. And you can get me at Ale of a Time. No, wait, hang on. You can get me at Sexenheimer on Twitter. Uh, gather around me for my other podcast. We've got, we had an ep last week and we'll have another one very shortly that I've just recorded before this one. And you can check out my radio show on 3CR at 3cr.org.au slash yeah, nah, passaran. Uh, we did an episode about Russia last week, Robbo. Oh. And Nazis in Russia. Oh. Uh, Bloody Nazis. That's cool. All right, that's it. That's cool. Thanks, Bye. guys. See you. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians.
accept whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia. I said, don't worry about a thing. I accept. You can definitely hear John Lennon say, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever. Ooh, don't worry about a thing. Except not only did Bush do 9 11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing. Except Donald Trump is clearly a woman, and you're just blind if you can't see the one.